Hey everybody, it's Spiker, and in this episode, we are going to be doing a huge deep dive into the recruiting space. We're going to get down and dirty and make sure that we answer every single question with no filter. It seems like every time that a conversation happens around recruiting, it seems like a lot of people shy away from the tough questions or even the tough conversations. We don't want to do that. And we recorded this episode for that sole purpose. We wanted to share our honest thoughts and opinions on what is happening right now. And if you are listening to this um, at a later date, today is September 17th. We recorded on September 16th of 2020. So we feel like this is an evergreen type of con content where it's going to be able to be played over and over again and the same principles will apply. But as you know, with time, you can't really predict what's going to happen in the future. But I feel like this is a very good starting point for a lot of the questions that are in recruiting currently. Enjoy this episode. If you are a repeat listener, please give us a review. If you are a new listener, subscribe to Apple Podcasts or give us a follow on Spotify. Enjoy the conversation. Talk soon, guys. Let's finish it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. Two, two, three, three, I'm on 10 again, yeah. State your name. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people culture and how to create a winning lifestyle. Across from me is David Birkby, the most interesting man in the world. Having recruiting meetings left and right, seems like he has a recruiting meeting at 6 o'clock and then a 6.30 every single day. Not, not How are you still married? <laughs> well, luckily my wife is coaching volleyball right now, so she's not getting home till later, but she gets it, man. You know, just got to give the people what they want, and and that's information. In this episode, guys, we're going to talk about recruiting. It's a very niche topic. I know it is, and there are some people that are extremely interested in it because they're in that time frame right now. If you're 2022 class, 2023 class, and some of the 2024 class is starting to move in that direction, and we want to address what we're seeing we had the we've had a number of podcasts in the beginning part of the closing pitch when we started this back in march and then going into june because we were living and breathing um the 2021 class and trying to get them recruited and we saw a lot of things that needed to change because of what was happening with the ncaa now we're in this period where a lot of people are trying to do the recruiting game they're trying to market themselves but they're falling literally on their face and not being able to get the reaction that they want, which is a college coach saying, Hey, I really like you. You're kind of cool. You're kind of neat. I want to see you play a little bit more. We need to address this, which then brings me in, me to Dave on, are we really in the time frame to get recruited? Are we in the time frame to get recruited for what class and what are we talking about? To let everyone know, right now it is September 16th. 
It's September 16th. September 16th. Apple just dropped their new news on their new Apple Watch. That was September 15th. Oh, That's nerd. how I, you're a nerd. Every every yeah. September, I, I look go. forward to this. There you go. Tim Cook comes out in his little uh, little button up shirt and glasses and announces what yeah. cool little things that he made. That's over probably the past why it was year. so hard to get a hold of you yesterday. You <laughs> nerd. <laughs> so going back to the recruiting. It is the fall. It is September 16th. 2020. 2020. Hypothetically, let's just say COVID's not a thing right now. Sure. And then we can always bring COVID sure. back in. Can I get recruited right now? You can get recruited at any time. But the fact of the matter is it does happen for different people at different times. But recruiting never stops. That is a 24-7-365 business. I just had a call last night from one of the Division One universities in our state, which is Missouri. They were calling us about a pitcher. I haven't actually got back in touch with them. I left him a message this morning, so we're playing phone tag. But it never stops. Um, recruiters are always, always on the hunt for the next guy that's going to make that program better because – and I. I I think we've mentioned this in the previous podcast. We mentioned it at the start. A big portion of what I do is handling the the recruiting meetings and a lot of the recruiting for our St. Louis Tigers, where I meet one on one with the families. I work, help them through the process. I talk to the kids, the players, and just basically not nurture them through the process. But I'm here to be a support system. I'm here to help. But one of the things that I'm always saying to those guys is at the next level, you're going to play for someone that that's their full-time job. Winning and losing is the, the deciding factor on whether or not they get paid the next year. So if that's a case and that's a factor, recruiting never stops. Let's talk about this on a marketing standpoint because I'll, I'll give you an analogy. So I do digital media for us. I do it for the facilities and I do it for mm -hmm. the Rawlings Tigers. I'm constantly marketing because I constantly am trying to find the next player or the, our current players who we can help and we can help sure. develop their skill set. It's the same thing. Just think about you being me for a second. I, I lose on a lot of situations. I lose a lot of the times that I, I market our brands, but I know that if I keep on giving that at bat, trying to create my content a little bit better, mm -hmm. a little bit more interesting, a little bit more niche, that I'm going to end up getting someone that really truly believes and wants to become a tiger or learn from us and be a student. And they could be playing for another team and coming into this facility and learning how to hit or learning how to throw or learning how to field. So from this is a good lesson for a lot of these players early on that marketing is a constant battle. It's a constant battle of emotions because you don't know, is my message getting seen? Is my message getting known? And the, and it possibly is, is that you might not be good enough yet. That is a possibility. Mm -hmm. So it's just like me. I have to get better at creating a, a story that's a little bit better. I have to create a digital piece that is a little bit more interesting. That's the same thing for your skill set. You've got to get a little bit more interesting for that coach to say, hmm, you're kind of neat. I want to learn more about you. That's where I think a lot of guys are going wrong. Also, understand the scheduling. You have your life. They have their life. They're worrying about 30 other dudes on their campus, not to mention mm -hmm. COVID. 
Mm-hmm. And not to mention the administration that is coming to them and trying to figure out, hey, we need to make sure that your budget is good for next year. Mm-hmm. So a lot of players, I feel like, don't put themselves in the coach's shoes. And they get really mad that they're not getting recognition. There's a lot of variables that could be in play. And just because you're not hearing from them doesn't mean that they don't know who you are or that they don't need to know who you are. So let's take this a step back. Here's a phrase I always hear, okay? Are we too late? Are we too late to starting this process? Okay, I hear that from parents and players of their senior year, their junior year, their sophomore year, probably not so much their freshman year um, because they're not necessarily thinking about recruiting yet. But I hear that all the time. My answer, generally speaking, unless it's, you know, middle of their senior year and they haven't done anything, is, is no, you're not, but you need to start doing things. However, just because you might not be recruitable at this moment doesn't mean you shouldn't start the recruiting process. And here's what I mean by that. When I have these meetings with with players, I print out five documents, actually six, but we have a five-part process for our college recruiting meetings, and it really embodies the start-to-finish model of the recruiting process. It goes from researching to assessing college baseball in its, in its whole, to understanding the different levels, the different size universities, mm-hmm. everything. There's a bunch of questions in there. Then to assessing yourself, trying to understand what level of play you're at, uh, how to contact a college coach, and then what's the difference between camps, showcases, and games. And it embodies the entire process. But I want to start with number one, researching. You can always start researching and learning, Okay learning about what education you want to study, um, learning about your likes and dislikes about universities, actually going on campus tours, being like, do I, am I a big school kid? Am I a small school kid? Do I want to be far away from home? Do I want to be close? Notice none of that has anything to do with your skill level right now. That's literally you finding out about the college experience. I've always told players if they know that side of things, before the college coaches ever start taking notice of them, it's such an easier, smoother process because you have answers and you have questions ready for them because you're vetting them about their university as they're trying to vet you as a player, right? So you can really make sure that you're a correct fit for them. So going back to your original statement, is it too late or am I? can I get recruited now? Sure, but you should start this process as early as possible to start understanding that information. And it's a, it's a long run play. It's not a short run play. You can't just say, all right, I'm going to go out there now and I'm going to market my um, stuff and I'm going to get noticed right away. But Spike, I'll, I'll tell you this. Most players don't understand that. That is one of the number one things that parents and players don't understand. Here's what they think. I've seen it a million times play out. They think because they play for a high class organization like the Tigers, who we do play in a lot of recruitable events as you get older where you see recruiters walking around, they think, man, if I can just hit that one bomb right when that guy walks past, I'm getting a scholarship. That's how I thought. Yeah. I promise you that's how I thought. I don't know how you went about your recruiting that, I process. I mean, that's how, that's how I thought in the beginning. Like, when I remember going to Memphis, and I was playing on my summer team, and obviously I didn't play, but I saw Virginia and Baylor in the stands, and I was like, oh, if I just get in the game and I – 
hit a do bomb, your thing, right? Do my thing. I'm gonna get noticed. But that's not how it is because we know we we were in on that recruiting trail. You've been on the recruiting trail for the last six, seven years. So one of our players the coach literally followed him literally every single tournament we had. He was there and I asked him like, what, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm, I'm just supporting him. I want to see more, more of him, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing for him was he was trying to find that thing that is there something wrong with him that could deter me away from him. Well, sure. And I mean, again, I don't think for, Let's say we have 10 different players that we're talking to. Everybody, every one of those 10 players is going to have a different, unique experience to the recruiting game. Okay. You might have one kid who's a six foot five left handed pitcher who throws 92. Well, recruiting is going to be pretty easy for him. Okay. He, he can go to one showcase and all of a sudden he's going to have the attention of 50 guys. But that is so few and far between. For the other guys, some of their recruiting experiences might start early, their sophomore year. Maybe they're Division One caliber players, starts their sophomore year. Maybe they're Division Two guys, and they won't start hearing from coaches until the middle of their junior year, junior summer. Maybe, maybe they're junior college guys, they, and, which is fine. It's a great level of play. It gives you an opportunity to play early. It gives you an opportunity to find out your education. And we can, we can talk on any of these topics that you want. Maybe you don't hear until your senior year. But again, it doesn't mean you don't start that process. And if you go through that process, I said, re re researching the universities, asking yourself questions. Like I said, what education do I want to study? Am I a big school, small school kid? Am I a guy who wants to be far from home or close to home? Like I had a meeting last night with a player. And in, in all honesty, and I'm not going to say his name, he couldn't answer really any of those questions. And, and you know what? That's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. But now he's got to start thinking about that, right? So his process is just beginning. So he's got to really start to think about that. For me, I couldn't answer any of those questions even coming out of high school. Do you know what level that made me a great fit for? Junior college. Because it gave me two more years to figure that out, figure out what I want. Now I've had some players who are sophomores who in high school, and they're like, nope, I'm going to be a civil engineer. I know exactly what I'm going to go into. Well, fantastic. The, the, the colleges that you're looking for just got a whole lot smaller. Now you can really pick and choose what you want to target. And if you'd go that route first, again, you have the answers. It, it then helps when you start assessing college baseball. Then helps when you start assessing yourself and figuring out that maybe D2 is about where I kind of fit right now. Or maybe that I'm a junior college player with potential at Division One at a later point. Or maybe I have this, you know, sky is the potential and I'm a Division One guy and I can target those guys. Last week, I, <clears throat> I got a phone call from a parent and um, keep it anonymous. And then I'm also going to keep this company anonymous. And I've actually had a number of parents call me on this. And they said, this company keeps calling me over and over again and telling me that I need to, I need to create a profile. I need to use their software to get my kid recruited because if I don't get my kid recruited, then they're, they're not going to be seen by the, the division one school. And like they, they just, they said, I just need to start a profile and they need to get on the phone call with me and, um, really dig deep into my son's recruiting. And I, and I sit there and I'm thinking to myself, do you really need that? Do you really need the software to get recruited? 
And that's where I think a lot of people are going wrong is like, well, Sally over here told me that college camps are a money grab. And Jim over here told me that this company is going to make sure that my kid gets recruited. And Jerry said that I have to go to this tournament. If I don't go to this tournament, I'm not getting recruited. I feel like it's just a big fear of missing out that we're playing in this game. And the reason I wanted to do this show, this podcast episode, is because I want to get that fear completely eliminated. Because everyone has their own time frame. Everyone is on their own watch. And if you if you don't get recruited when you're a freshman, that doesn't mean that you're not going Division One. You might have to go to junior college. You might have to. But you have to be, you have to accept that. You might get recruited a senior year to a junior college, and then next thing you know, Mizzou just lost a draft pick, a senior or a junior to a draft pick, and you're the next call. Happens all the time. There's a number of Division ones that that happens to. So why are we playing this game of fear? And if you are having someone that is pushing that fear on top of you, you need to really think about that for a minute and say, why are they doing this? And something to understand is is there's not really a shortcut to this whole thing. No, there's not a shortcut. People are going to sell you on that. All the examples you just gave were, were shortcuts in my mind. Like, if we just go to that tournament, of course I'm going to get recruited. Well, okay, one weekend get recruited, that's easy, right? Oh, if I go to this camp, of course I'm going to get recruited. Okay, one weekend, one camp, get recruited. That's a pretty shortcut. That's pretty easy. Oh, if I just do this one recruiting service, they're going to do everything for me and my son's going to get recruited. Shortcut, lack of work. Easy, right? For 99% of players, there is no hack to this. There's no cheat code. It, it's, it's, it's real simple. And this is something I try to tell the players and parents all the time. The player has to be the driver. And you have to put yourself out there and do it. You have to be the one that's researching. Your parents can't be the one who are researching for you. They can help. Your parents can't do Twitter. They, they can help a little bit. They can encourage. They can be there for the tough questions. Maybe point out things that you're not thinking of through this process. That's what parents are there for. But they can't do it for you. Your coaches can't do it for you. They can't. Be, don't expect me to just all of a sudden drop 20 sheets with 20 different topics on 20 different universities. And, and say, hey, read this. I think these would be, be a great f- fit for you. That's or not going to happen. Or even the ask of, hey, Dave, can you – this is a video I made of, of my son. Can you drop this to, like, D1 coaches? Mm-hmm. If well, you've heard the here's my if you've heard the term, if you've heard the term, it doesn't hurt to ask. You are totally wrong. No. It does hurt to no. ask. Well, my, you can't ask that question. But my answer is pretty simple in that case. It's not that I'm shying away from the work or that all of a sudden I'm like, no, I'm not sending that. Do you know how long that's going to take me to send 20 different emails to these guys and everything? I don't mind doing that. But my answer is this. They're not recruiting me. My time is gone. If I'm the one who's constantly in communication with them about a player, what's a college coach going to wonder? Why isn't that player emailing me? Yeah, I'm not recruiting Coach Berkby. I'm recruiting John. I'm every, recruiting Tim. Every player that we had in the 2021 class 
it's been the coach that has reached out and asked, Hey, who's this kid? Mm-hmm. It's never been, Hey, um, I'm just here. Who do you got? No, that's a rarity. Going back to this, it never hurts to ask. It does hurt to ask because you're, you're stepping out and asking someone to go out and on a limb for you with no proven track record, or there could be something that we haven't seen yet that says, I don't know if this kid is a D one yet. I got to keep seeing some more. That's our job. That's our, that's who we are trying. We're trying to get you to D one. We're trying to get you to D two. We're trying to get you D three. We're trying to get DNAI. We're trying to get you to school. But the reason that we probably aren't reaching out yet is because we have to see something a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There's something that is missing that you have to figure out. And that could be a skill set that you need. Mm-hmm. Now, if you throw 90 or if you hit a ball 400 feet, that's an easy thing for me to say. I'm, I'm going to reach out to anybody. Well, that's again, an easy, that's an easy thing for me to say. Yep. Again, it goes it goes back to my comment that in the ten person example, every one of those guys is going to experience something different. They're going to start the recruiting at a different time, and that that question: Am I too early? Am I too late? I don't have an answer for you. Just start. Just start and work through the process. The process is going to tell you where you fit. The process is going to tell you when your recruiting is going to start. The process, I'm not the one who tells you what level you play at. If you want to ask me my honest opinion, I'd be happy to give that to you. You might not love it, or you might, but I'll, I'll give it to you. But I can't. I don't give out the scholarships. The right. I'm not the one who makes that decision. The right way to approach it is instead of, hey, Dave, here's a video. Can you send this to five D1 coaches? The better way of approaching that is, hey, Dave, this is a video that I took of my son. Can you take a look at it? What level do you think he's at? Oh my gosh. Now you're back on track. Now you know exactly where that person stands because you're not, you don't have goggles on your face anymore. Now you have clarity of where does he actually stand? I'm getting an expert opinion from a guy that has seen baseball constantly. That is a recruitable baseball for seven years. And now I'm getting the opinion of him where he knows, yep, that's a D1 guy. Yep, that's a D2 guy. We talked about that all the time. When we were, when we were playing teams, like, that dude's a dude. I bet you he's an SEC guy. We end up going to ask him, hey, where are you going to school? Oh, I'm going to Bama. Told you. We have those eyes because we're in that game. We can see what's going on. Instead of saying, hey, um, send this to five different D1 coaches. Oh. Ask for the opinion. You want to know why people don't ask? Because they don't want to get their feelings hurt. Yeah, it's insecurity. And I I tell that to players too because that's in that section when we start talking about assessing the player. I I always ask. So, for example, I met with a junior last night. I said, have you asked your former coaches who's seen you day in, day out for the past year what your fit is? And, And I know full well what the answers are, right? It's going to be no because they're they're fearful of hearing an opinion on themselves that they don't want to hear. And I understand that. Listen, they're 15, 16, 17-year-old yeah. kids. It's hard, I it's don't hard. I don't expect them to do that. Yeah. I don't expect them. But then we shift that conversation to well the next step you need to do or make is set up a meeting with them. 
You need to talk to them. You need to learn how to communicate with an adult. Ask them for an honest opinion of your skill set, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what you need to get better at. And if if they see you being a fit currently at the collegiate level, what fit is it? And I tell players all the time, I'd love to have those meetings. And you know what? My answer is always going to be fluid. It might go up in six months. It might go down in six months. I might say, holy cow, you took the information that I gave you and you ran with it and you are a different human being. Now I see you at a totally different level. Or uh, you really didn't like what I said. You thought that I was kind of dumb and an idiot and you didn't listen to it. And now you've wasted six months and my opinions changed, but not in a way that you're going to like because people have passed you. So those types of things, again, it all goes back to the recruiting process is different from everyone. Everybody's built different. Everybody acts different. Everybody wants different things out of the college experience. Mm. It's totally different. But again, starting, doing it, being the guy who gets out in contact with coaches. I mean, that that's a key contributor right there. If you start contacting colleges that you're interested in, sending them video, well, if they send back in response, you know you've caught their eye. If they don't repeatedly respond to you, what do you think? Are you a fit for that level? Yeah. And maybe and maybe you are a fit for that level. Here's another, you know, curveball to you. Maybe you are a fit for that level, but they don't have a need for you. Maybe you're a division 2 corner infielder. But that school that you really want to go to that you know you can play at has seven corner infielders on the roster. They don't need you. And maybe they don't respond. But that's where persistence is key. I want to give practicality to this conversation because okay. it's been pretty broad. Sure. If you're a player and you're wondering, hey, am I really good enough? Can I really market myself? My answer is you need to market your strengths, which you need to know what your strengths are. But if you're wondering, am I good enough? Just go on Google and type in what fat, what is the typical 60 time of a college player? What is the typical 60 time of a major league player? What is the, st- what is the average size of a major league player? What's the average size of a college player? What is the what is the velocity that a pitcher throws at the collegiate level? These are questions that you need to get answered because then it'll really tell you, "Oh, I don't run a 6860." "Oh, I don't throw 85 across the diamond." "Huh. I can hit, but my exit velocity is 8384 that's going to give you a better idea of what you need to work on example i'm six foot i the first thing i googled when i was getting recruited was what's the average height of a major league baseball player yeah that was that was my goal but my other goal was to get to division one baseball if i had an idea of what major league baseball was i have an idea of what college baseball is because that's the best of the best i'm undersized so I had, to, I had to focus on skill sets that weren't height. I knew I wasn't going to get recruited right away because I was, I was tiny. So practicality is knowing, hey, this is something that I need to work on, and then I can market myself. And you can market your, your top skills because you are going to grow through your career. So if I'm a, if I'm a strong hitter, I'm going to market the heck out of that sure. on Twitter. 
that as I work on my other skill sets, and then once I start hitting those numbers, I'm going to market the heck out of that. Well, and, and let's let's jump into this because I'll give you a great example of what you just talked about and how you can find those numbers out. Okay. And first off, let's talk about the numbers to begin with. The velocities, the exit velocities, the 60s, the pop times, all the metrics out there. What those are, guys, those are door openers. They do not get you a scholarship. Unless, again, unless you are exemplary at one of them. Mm-hmm. Like you have an exit velocity of 108. Yeah, if you have a tool, if you you're have, Yeah, if, you're, if you throw 95 off the, off the mound, okay, that's different. But for everybody else who doesn't do that, they're door openers. They're conversation starters with the college coach because they're metrics that they can post up next to their current players. Okay, they can they can basically say, oh, he's here and he'll probably be here in two years. Okay, I, I, he could probably fit here at least from that standpoint. I got to go watch him. I got to talk to him. So it's a door opener. But if you want to figure out where you compare to that, here's a quick and easy example. If you have five schools that you're really interested in, no matter what the level is, and let's say you are an outfielder, okay? Go to those five schools' rosters. Search their freshman or sophomore outfielders. Look at their names. Then go to Google. Let's say one of the outfielders that you looked at at a school is named Logan Smith. Type in Logan Smith, perfect game. Or type in Logan Smith, PBR. Because my chances are... Or Logan Smith, baseball. Baseball, whatever. He's probably been to one of those showcase companies because they've been around for the past 8 to 10 years. And they always keep all of the past metrics on there. Boom. Hey, I found Logan Smith. He did attend a perfect game showcase. Okay. Click on it. Now I have every piece of information about Logan Smith as a high school athlete on that profile. Now I see that. Freshman year, sophomore Do year. Do I run year. like Logan Smith does currently? Do I throw like Logan Smith does currently? Do I hit, etc.? How does, am I even the same size as him? How does Logan Smith look when he hits the ball? Am I, am I even the same size? That's a great starting point yes. to try and understand and really try to be super honest with yourself. It's, it's a great idea because now you get an idea from the coach's perspective of what they were looking for in Logan at the time of his recruitment and how he got there. It's a great example to start from. And everyone's looking at their own age class, which I think is that – that actually is going to put you in a spir- a death spiral where you're going to see all these guys getting recruited and you're like, well, he has this and he has that. You need to reverse engineer it just like Dave said because that's going to give you a better idea. It's going to give you more of a black and white picture because right now you're living in your class and you're seeing this guy throwing, let's just say 90, and you're like, man, he throws 90. Like That's crazy. Like, why is he getting recruited? And then you, you start having all these questions and then you start getting a little jealous and you're like, I'm better than him. I faced him. I beat him. He's not as good as me. Don't get caught in that trap. And then you get in a death spiral. That's a trap. I wouldn't look at your class. I would, I would, I would just punt your class off to the side and I would, I would look at history. And I'd go into what Dave said. Look up Logan Smith. I don't even know if that's a player. I don't know who Why, it is. Everyone's going to type into Google a, Logan Smith yeah, baseball a, yeah, to see who it is. a fake name. But <laughs> I'm sure there's a Logan Smith out there. Yes. But, but you can see SEC. Go go to an SEC school. Look at, look at that roster. And then go to Perfect Game. But then even do this. Go to a division. Do it, Go to a mid-major. Then go to a division two. Then go to a division three. I'm sure you're going to find some information on some guys. And you're going to have a better idea of where you stand. 
and it'll actually keep you sane and you'll actually motivate you even more and be like, all right, right now I'm actually at division three level, but if I keep on working, I could possibly get to a division two level or even division one level. Well, and you know what? I think players are always scared to understand where they fit right now. I, I'm telling you that's the opposite of how you should be. You should want to know exactly right now where do you fit because it's going to be a great motivator for your future. Maybe right now I'm telling you, hey, hey Scott, I, I, I don't think you're recruitable yet. I don't think you have enough tools. I don't think you're, you're fast enough. I don't, whatever it may be. But you need to keep working because you're on, you're on that verge. You're getting close. You're getting close to being able to be recruited by a certain level. Why, why would you not want to know that information? Why would you not want to know specific schools of what you need to target? Does it make any sense for me, if I'm not a Division One player, to constantly be emailing Mizzou, getting upset as to why they're not responding back to me, and I just oversend, 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 and waste my time doing that? When I'm never, ever going to play at an SEC school. Sometimes that's just not going to happen for you. Yeah, it's just not in your cards. That, that wasn't in my cards. Yeah. wasn't in my cards when I was I wasn't that school. dude. And I was six foot five out of high school. I went to Mizzou's camp. I did great. I thought that I was going to get a call on the ride home. I literally had my phone in my hand. I was like, I know it. I threw to six guys. I went six up, six down. I got out two other guys who were recruited, who, who were, I knew were actively being recruited by them. Boom. I knew I'm going there. That was it. I knew it. I sent a follow-up email. I knew it. It was going to happen. They never called. It wasn't the guy. Right? Stop wasting your time thinking about that and when you can go out and get those answers now to would, where you fit. Now would you call that experience a money grab? No, because it taught me something. It taught me that well, first off, it was a great experience. Sometimes it doesn't have to produce a result in terms of recruitment. Sometimes you might have learned something about baseball there. Sometimes you might have learned about where you fit. Sometimes you might have just been able to get on a college campus and that sparks an idea of what life at the next level is going to be. There's so many different experiences to that to where it doesn't have to be just strictly recruiting based. It's not a waste of time if you didn't walk out, out of there with a scholarship. That's not a waste of time. So, and we talk about that a lot in our meetings, but I feel like I'm getting a little off track, but it's, again, it's so different for everybody. But the biggest and the key component to all of it is one, starting. Do it. Start looking. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off down the road. Don't think because I'm a sophomore that I'm not, I'm not ready yet or I don't need to start. Start now. It can be a simple Google. It can be a simple looking up a roster. Do they recruit my area? Every roster in the country is going to tell you that. If, they're, if you're looking into a school from Texas and you're a Midwest kid, good luck. They don't leave the state. Okay? Look up to college campuses. If you are within, if you live within a 30-minute drive of a college campus, or if you're in our situation here in St. Louis, you live within a 30-minute drive of every level's collegiate, like D1, 2, 3, NAI, junior college, and you have not been to a game or been onto a campus, and you, you come up and want to know more about the recruiting process, shame on you. You're not even trying. I can go walk onto that campus, go look around. You can, you can set up campus tours whenever you want. If you don't know when the college baseball season is, that's a problem. 
Well, right. But I'm saying that's the type of stuff that that's free. It's easy information. You yeah. can go to a college game. Most college games don't even charge you to come in. It's not a revenue sport. My college has never charged anything. Junior college didn't charge a dime to get in there to watch. D2. I mean, we couldn't charge people. If we tried to charge people, the parents wouldn't even show up. You know? I mean, again, it's there for you. Go watch it. Go see. That can tell you if you think you fit there or not. That can tell you if you like the culture of that or not. You know, that can tell you, get there early. You can watch pregame. You can watch everything. You can watch the actions of those guys, what they do, what they look like, what they act like. You say, can I be that guy? That's free to you. That's right there to you. You should be doing that. Go. Go to a practice. I never hear guys do that. I don't think a college coach would just kick a high school guy out of the stands for sitting there and watching practice. No. Unless it's He'd like, probably be like, yeah. who's that dude over there? Yeah. And then maybe he might come up to you and actually start a conversation with you because he's actually genuinely interested. So you came to watch us practice? And then if you have a cool, snappy answer for him, he'd be like, yeah, I wanted to see what it was like. Do you know what a college coach would do to that? Oh, they would freak out. That'd be like the best marketing tactic of all time. That would be ridiculous. They would know your name without a doubt. And then when you when I they ask you, I guarantee they'd ask your name, they'd shake your hand, and they'd find out where you here, go to high school the, and everything else. And here's the big thing: when they ask you, you gotta say your name with confidence because that's gonna stick in his head. What's your name, Spiker Helms? Nice. Do you, I mean, that's an I'm, awesome name. I'm not kidding. Nobody no? does that, but no. you have the ability to go do that. So it's starting. And then it's well, they're going to think, this. here's the thing, is that when they hear that, people are going to think, well, that's kind of weird. I wouldn't do that. So everyone else isn't either. I guarantee you that those players on that field would enjoy you to have, have a, f- a couple fans in the stands while they're practicing. I'll tell you that right now. When I was at Missouri State and we had people in the stands, even during our pregame, I was jacked up. They were watching us. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were a scout or not. I was jacked up that they were in the stands. That's a big deal. And it's not weird at all. That's not at all. Why, do, why do people go to watch batting practice for Major League Baseball? They want to see what it's like. They want to see what it's like. Right. And do the players think that's weird? No. No. Like, oh, some guy's here for uh, to watch me play and hit batting practice. That's pretty cool. For sure. But again, I I want you guys to take this into consideration. All the things that I'm saying take time. It takes time to go and look up a college team's schedule, look at your schedule, say, hey, I know I'm busy, but I can make it to this. Then to drive out there, be out there for three hours, get there a little early to check it out, stay for the whole game, come home. I mean, that's all of a sudden, that's a five-hour commitment. And maybe you do that to different levels and you do it over and over again. The guys who get to the next level are not afraid of that commitment. The guys who look at that commitment and keep looking for shortcuts don't get to the next level. It's really that simple. And then it's a, it's a translator into everything else that you're going to do. If you're not willing to do that or to go to a practice or to go to a game or to send an email to a coach or to get video of yourself or find a friend or a coach or someone to help you in this or to even ask a question of where do I fit? If you're not willing to do any of that, are you willing to do everything else that it takes to become a successful college baseball player? My answer would be no. And then are you going to be, and even if you have enough tools to maybe get your foot in the door, are you going to be the guy who's going to stay? 
Because I know me and you both played with a bunch of guys who were exactly like that, maybe didn't put in all the effort and somehow still got there because they had a some some ability. And then they washed out like this because they weren't ready for it. They Their, their fake idea of what college baseball was and the whole experience was ruined within the first 10 days of getting on campus because they didn't put in the effort to be able to handle it. Yeah, I remember my first fall practice at Missouri State, I was pushed to the outfield because we, have an all, we had an all-American second baseman. And I accepted that from Coach Gutton. Coach Gutton said, hey, we, we don't have a spot for you at second base or middle infield. I'll, I'll try you out there and see how you go, but I want to recruit you as, a, as an outfielder. If you're cool with that, um, we'd love to have you on campus and join the club. I was like, yeah, for sure. I, I want to play for Coach Gutton. <clears throat> so I get it the first day of practice I head out to right field and this is like completely foreign territory to me I'm just feels weird feels weird out there because I've never played outfield um, especially right field and I'm sitting next to this other guy who um, went to another junior college and we're talking and his mindset was completely different than mine like he's like can't you believe that we're here this is unbelievable like look at this stadium this stadium is really cool man I can't wait to go to the parties what do you think, what do you think like the parties are like here? And I'm thinking to myself like, bro, I'm trying to get a starting position. All right. Is this your primary position? He's like, yeah. And I look at the other guy, he's a freshman. I'm like, holy smokes. I just got to keep thinking like I want a starting position because I'm going to beat these two guys out. The mindset was totally different because the concept of, oh, I'm going to go to a four year university. I'm going to party. I'm going to hang out with all these girls. I'm going to get my degree. We're going to travel the road. We're going to play these big universities. And I'm going to be the big hoss. Rather than, dude, I got to get a starting position. <laughs> if I don't get a starting position, I am packing my bags and I'm going home. <laughs> but Spiker, I'm not you, but uh, it all fits back into the example I just gave. You're talking about a guy who probably just got his foot in the door through his abilities and didn't really have to work at it. And then you had a guy like yourself who was always generally under-recruited up until junior college. You had to really research it. Everything we've ever talked about mm -hmm. is what you did. You started researching and talking to your parents at a young age about it, and that's always been a goal. And you went through the whole process twice in order to get there from junior college and then to there. And obviously research and had a great idea of what you wanted to study and everything else. So when you get there and you get into that situation, it's not foreign to you. And you're like, no, dude, I've done all this to get here. Now I got it. Now I got to earn this again. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying. I guess in a synopsis of everything that I'm talking about from all the work and effort and everything that needs to happen from the player itself, you 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 earn this. You have to go earn that. Right. Yeah. And. You really, you really, that's the only way. It's the only path. And it's the only, and frankly, it's how you end up at the right fit. Everybody always asks, well, where, what is the right fit? What, what's the right path for me? It's like you're getting married, you know. I'm like, I'm like, dude, there is zero way I can answer that question. Yeah. Like, it's just a feeling. There's, there's no chance I can ask that. But I can tell you this. You know, I found my wife. I dated a lot of girls before. I found out what I liked. I found out what I didn't like. I found out, you know, the traits and other people that I really enjoyed, et cetera. And then, boom, there came my wife. You found out. It's the same thing with schools. You do all the research. You do all all of the, the just 
day in, day out, grind, questions. You're going to have up days. You're going to have down days. You're going to think that this will never happen, and then you're going to get excitement because it starts to happen. And You're going to have schools that yeah. like you, and you don't like them, and then you have schools that you like that they don't like you, and you get your heart broken. And then, and then it, all of a sudden, you're going to step foot on a campus yep. one day, and you're going to be like, because of all the research and the time that you put into it, not a recruiting service, not your parents, not your coaches, not anyone else, but you, that you put time into it, that you're going to have all these imaginary checkboxes that you've now built up. You didn't even know you've built them up. But you're going to be walking around that campus and you're going to be like, oh, I really like this open concept. I really like this. This campus is big. Boom, check mark. Oh, man, wait, they have the this, the degree I want to get in? Check mark. Oh, I really dig like looking at all the people here, like that the campus set up. It looks like a fun environment. Boom, check mark. Oh, you mean the dorms are right over there? Oh, those are really nice dorms, man. I can see myself being there. That's only like a 10-minute walk over to class. Boom, check mark. Oh, that facility is real nice. Boom, check mark. Oh, I can really talk to the coaches, like in the way that their styles mix with mine. Boom, check mark. Oh, dude, like and you're telling me that there's so many other things to do on this campus too that that are aligned with my likes, boom, check mark. It's close for my parents to get here and it's close for me to get home from school, boom, check mark. And you're gonna be like, it's a no brainer. But that you only have those check marks if and only if you put in the hours and hours and hours before that. Otherwise, you have no idea what those boxes are. You're just there looking. Hmm, this is cool. <laughs> I guess I could go here. <laughs> and then guess what happens to that guy? You end up transferring. Transfer. Get like five different schools because you didn't do your homework. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't know what your check boxes were. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to go down one more mental route mm-hmm. or exercise. I'm going to say something, say a word or two words. And I want you to give me the purpose of it. You ready to play this sure. exercise? Are you feeling a little We'll see how it nervous? goes. <laughs> College camps. College camps, for me, when I talk to players about them and families about them, are fantastic if and only if you have 100% intent and interest in that university because then it allows you the freedom to fully vet that university and that coaching staff and that program because one you're going to get the ability to go onto that campus so you can set up a campus tour just walk around on your own you can check out the whole place the whole city the whole town great experience two you get to work with the entire staff there what a great neat experience what a way to understand if you actually vibe and gel with those coaches three the coaches get to work with you one-on-one because as a college camp there has to be an educa- education 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 <laughs> education <laughs> educational <laughs> concept to it my goodness that was awful um, you've already talked so much yeah today. there has to be an educational concept to it because it's not a showcase they just can't come out and see what are your skills they actually have to teach something so they get to work one-on-one with you. you get, again, they now get to see, do I vibe with that guy? Did, what do his skills look like, et cetera? They'd probably have a little game set up, et cetera, where you do get to showcase your skills, and you get to ask as many questions as you want if you're, if you're brave enough and if you're, if you're there for the right intent because those coaches are there to answer questions. 
and they'll generally give a talk to you. And at the end of it, you get to really say yes or no, is this a place for me? So go there, go to those camps. If you're a hundred percent intent is, is if you're interested in that school, if you're not, because most, most high school kids, I tell this to all the players, at some point your email and your family's emails are going to get sold off 800 different ways. You're going to be getting hit up by recruiting services. You're going to be getting hit up by showcase companies, uh, college universities are going to somehow get your email and you're going to get an email one day saying, Johnny, we'd love to have you at our 2020 prospect camp here in uh, the fall on October 3rd, et cetera. This is what we're going to do. And guess what? That goes out to hundreds upon hundreds of other kids because of the truth of the story is there's there's these guys called volunteer assistants on college uh, coaching rosters, and those, those guys don't get paid. The only way they get any money is through camps, and sometimes it's the same way through assistant coaches. So it's advantageous of them, and it's not wrong. This is not wrong, people, for them to flood the market and try and get a lot of guys there. Now, do they also bring in guys that they're currently recruiting to see further? Sure, of course, but it's it's advantageous to do both. But if you're not interested in that school, don't. I don't know if it's smart to just go for that experience. Wait till you actually have that interest. Showcases. Showcases are really great to get a non-biased third party um, right up on you. Generally, showcase companies like your perfect games of the world or your prep baseball reports of the world. They will do an in-depth write-up on you. They'll get video on you at the different positions you play. They'll get all the metrics that the college coaches want to understand and know about you uh, in terms of your 60, your velocity, your this and that, whatever is whatever they're doing there. Um, and it's a great time to go to one of those. And there's other showcase companies like Heads Up, which is a high academic showcase company. So if you're interested in those, those elite universities from an academic standpoint, those are great to go to because that's where they're going to target and try and find guys. There are other showcase companies that will just you know put out uh, showcases where maybe certain universities will be at. If a certain university you're at, you have interest in is there, might be a good opportunity. But only go to those when the keyword is when you're ready to showcase yourself. If you're not doing things that are going to attract a college coach, and if you don't know what those are, you need to ask your coach right away. What are those attributes? Because showcases are an attribute-driven deal. It's not games generally. It sometimes there are, but not always. It's generally you're okay, here it's to a controlled environment. You're, you're here to run. You're here to do this. You're here. You know, you don't always get that opportunity in a game to to face a guy. Okay. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Maybe he walks you. You never get to swing. But they're going to see a BP round. They're going to get your numbers. They're going to get everything else. But if you're not capable of putting those numbers up. You're only going for the experience, and which isn't bad, isn't bad at all, but you're paying a lot for that experience. I will say this, that it's social proof. So it eliminates biased opinions. So it's somebody that third party that has no ties to you, that's able to give you sure. um, metrics and write-ups so that there's social proof that you can end up marketing out. On Twitter. Yep. That's kind of how I view yep. showcases. 100%. And you want to make sure that it's a branded showcase. Yep. You don't want to go some Johnny's baseball showcase. Right. Don't want to go to that. Um, invite only tournaments. Invite only tournaments are generally speaking, and, and that 
the term gets loosely thrown around because sometimes people put that out there as like a catchy title. So make sure you do your homework. But the true invite-only tournaments are generally for the higher-end elite teams that have recruitable kids on their rosters. Um, they're, they're done throughout the entire country in different locations run by different tournament companies. Um, but the more reputable tournament companies who have been around, you know, for quite a long time, who have, you know, who have the bigger team clubs that everybody knows go to them. You can look at the who's coming list and see those are generally great because they attract a ton of recruiters. Uh, because if a recruiter can go to one city where 20 of the top, 30 clubs from that mid from whatever region are going to be at they're pretty much guaranteed that there's going to be some guys there to watch is that the only tournament that you can get recruited not at at all not one bit which i think is a huge misconception correct and again it in a true invite only tournament there's not many of them that's the thing that you have to understand like i i could create a tournament company right now and it'd be spikers baseball tournament company and i say invite only I'm going to get a whole bunch of attraction because, sure. like, oh, it's an invite only. I got to go. Sure. Well, and, and I'll tell you this. Again, it, it goes back to my saying, and you said this earlier, it goes back to you doing all that work, starting the conversations with coaches and getting them out to the games. Coaches just don't – they might circle a certain big tournament that they know, but they also are not just going to go there if they don't have kids that they're not actively recruiting their at. How do you get to actively be, being actively recruited? You do all the all – the, small work you send the emails you start the conversations you send the videos you do all this stuff leading up to that that's how you start to get actively recruited then they go and circle oh he's going to be at this invite only or whatever it is or big tournament at this park okay i'm going they don't just circle it and be like well i know there's going to be good teams there so i hope to find and run into talent and and listen you might hear that every now and then that they're just going to go there for that. That's probably not a great recruiter. If that guy's not already targeting 10, 15 guys that he knows are going to be there and doesn't have them on their list, he's, he's, he's behind the eight ball. Recruiting services. Generally speaking, recruiting services are an over offer under deliver type of a situation. I'm not saying that all of them out there are bad. For the most part, there's going to be an entry-level free access to them. Then they're going to upsell you. They're going to talk about, well, if you do this package, we'll offer this level of service. And then if you do this package, we'll offer an additional level of service. And you'll notice that it just keeps trending up to take more out of your pocketbook and offer what they say is a foolproof plan of getting your kid to the next level. For most of college coaches, they don't use a recruiting service and they get flooded with emails from them. And generally speaking, those emails never get opened because at the end of the day, I've said this the whole time. So what would you say if uh, they say, oh, my profile got seen by five different universities there, this university, this university, and this university? Well, you want to know what probably they're using it for? to get your information to try to get you to a camp it's a volley out there looking at it college camps generally speaking if they can find your information they can try to get you to camp they're they're probably not using a recruiting service to find you that's just the the honest truth about it they're they're trying to find out your information to see if they can get you on an email list to send you out a camp invite 
And again, not saying it's not worth going to a camp if you like the school. Um, but for the most part, I, I always answer it this way. Well, are they recruiting the recruiting service or are they recruiting you? The player's always going to answer, well, they're recruiting me. Then you need to be the one doing the work. You need to be the one who contacts them first. If it comes from a recruiting service, that's not generally a great look on you. It, again, it makes it look like you want to take a shortcut. And if you want to take a shortcut there, you're going to take a – uh, guys, hate me for whatever I'm saying, but it's the truth. I know how college coaches think. If you take a shortcut there, you're going to take a shortcut in the weight room. You're going to take a shortcut in the classroom. You might be a problem off the field for them, and they don't want that. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Kind of how I view recruiting services. Generally, yeah. Twitter. Great outlet that is free, that is fast, that has the attention of all the college coaches across the country. They're going to use it to their abilities because they can see a million people in a very short span. It's a conversation starter that can lead to more. I am the biggest fan of Twitter because if you think about attention and how to grab attention, what is, what's the best way to do that? And you can just interrupt them on their timeline at a very non, non salesy way, non pushy way. And if you get someone to retweet you like your club or PBR or perfect game or, um, an influencer that is in the baseball space, that is massively important because the attention is all there. Where are they spending their free time? Because all, all their dudes, all their buddies are on the on Twitter. They're having conversations with them. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. ABCA chat. See it all the time. Dudes just going back and forth. And I'm like, this would be perfect for someone to get in recruited and just literally send out their video through this mm -hmm. hashtag. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I that's th those are the words that I wanted that's to get it? in front of you. That's, oh, okay. that's it. That is it. <laughs> because there there's a lot of misconceptions and um, there's a lot of people that are thinking that they're listening to everybody else around them and they're like, oh, this this has to be a money grab. That's like the catchy term and it's like a insult type of term. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't do that because that's a money grab. It's not a money grab if you know the purpose. If you know the purpose, then you can use that tool a little bit better. If you know what the tool is for, I'm all in on using it. But if you have no idea what you're doing and you're literally going in there with a blindfold, then yeah, sure, it's a money grab. You just spent your money. That's, that's literally an insult onto you rather than you knowing the purpose of the tool and doing your research, which is the hard route. Hard route is always harder, always. But it's always better. Oh, it's always better. Long-term wise, it, it is it, the best route. It's about the best foolproof plan that you can ever have. And you're going to have, you're going to deal with a lot of emotions. You're going to have a lot of fear. You're going to have a lot of anxiety. You're going to have a lot of sleepless nights where you're thinking, this is never going to work. I'm never going to get recruited. I'm never going to get to my goal. But at the end of the day, that's what's worth it. Cause you have to deal with all that. I like to call it shit. It's what makes you who you are. What is your closing pitch, Dave? Well, I enjoy talking about this topic. I have these this talk all the time, and I, it, I'll leave you with this. It's just a very, very simple thing. It's never too early to start. Once you start, dive into it. Go, go full in, 
It doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't guarantee that you're going to play college baseball, but you're at least going to find out is this something I really want to do or is it something that I don't think I can do? Because both answers are very valuable to you. Because you you're only guaranteed so much time on this earth, okay? And nobody knows how much you got. So spend your time wisely, make sure you're making the decision that's the best for you and the more research you do, the more time you put into it, the better decision you can make. When I was going through the recruiting process, I always viewed it this way, is that um, any money that I put forward, uh, parents' money, because I, I did have a job, but they helped me out quite a bit. But any money that I put forward, I could always recoup. And But time, I can never recoup time. And I wanted to spend that time very wisely. And I wanted to make sure that I gave everything that I possibly had into the situation. So then when I looked back, which I have literally no regrets on my playing career, it literally ended the way that it should have. Um, I Obviously, my goal was to get to professional baseball, but also get to Major League Baseball. I never made Major League Baseball, but I wasn't meant for that. But the thing was is that I did everything possible to get to the school that I was supposed to be at, and I had an amazing experience. Again... I dealt with a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of sleepless nights, but it was all worth it. It's all about the journey. It's not about the getting to that spot. Once you get to that spot, you're like, oh, I got here. It's all about that journey. That's where the fun part is. Good got topic. Any, you, got, you got anything else? Good topic. Hey, real quick, I'm going to steal his line. Wow. I'm going to steal it. I'm still not hearing from you guys. Make sure you guys communicate with us. If you like a topic, if you like anything that we're talking about, give us that five-star review. Give us that like. Give us a share. I'll take shares over the reviews, to be totally honest, because you're sending it to someone who you think can benefit from it. Now on to you. Um, what's really awesome is one of our listeners, I'm going to call him out, Eric Orff, he emailed us and he's like, Spike, have you read this book and I'm going to read it. I was jacked up when he sent me that email, I sent it to Dave and I sent it to Aaron. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of stuff that we love. The recommendations, the thoughts, um, that's massively important to me because we're, we're opening the conversation to this culture problem that I see. And I want to do another episode on this thing that I'm seeing that I want to, I want to change the narrative because, um, there's a lot of opportunity out there for a lot of people and heroes always take the challenge. And I want you guys to take this challenge and really test those thoughts. Like I had a conversation with one of our former players about financial stuff. And I never thought that I would ever have this conversation with him. And I and at he we at the end of the conversation, um, I told him challenge my thoughts on how I view this. Challenge me. Hear what I'm saying. Don't accept it, but challenge me on it because then that's going to give us a better conversation, and then we're both going to benefit from um, this combo. So same thing. Hear what we're saying. Don't fully accept it, understand it, and then challenge us on it if you see something that, hey, this doesn't really make sense. We need to talk about this a little bit more. That's what the show's for. Guys, that is my closing pitch, and that was Dave's closing pitch. If you have your own, please send us an email, a DM, a pigeon carrier, anything, 
and um, we will get to it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. See you in the next episode. Thank you for watching or listening or both to The Closing Pitch. If you'd like to get your closing pitch featured on the show, we use a podcasting app called Anchor where you can submit your statement or question via audio. Or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post. We also accept direct messages. Please give us the A-OK if you do send us a DM to use your statement or question on the show. Last thing, please give us a review on your platform of choice five star preferably and we value your opinion and this allows us to reach more people thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode